Well, first tonight, after a two-year hiatus, Stormont could be back up and running this weekend, with First Minister-designate Michelle O'Neill saying the next few days are crucial for the return of devolved government. The British government will publish details of its new agreement with the DUP tomorrow, with Geoffrey Donaldson saying there are legal changes to the Windsor framework, reducing the impact of post-Brexit trade rules. So, after all the meetings, missed deadlines, and indeed late night drama. How is this new deal being received in unionism? Well, that's the question I posed to columnist and political commentator Alex Kane. Well, sadly, it's never all plain sailing because uh, we. I would like to think it would be, but uh, tomorrow the, the government command paper is released and that, that is the, the details of all the, the, the stuff that Geoffrey Donaldson was talking about last night, all the information and all the all the legislative changes that he seems to have been able to convince his party uh, senior figures last night will make it all worthwhile. But, but... We don't know because when they open that tomorrow, when they start, you know, uh, picking their way through, some people will say, oh, this is not enough. This is not what we totally expected. We expected more than that. So I think if he gets through tomorrow without any major, you know, problems inside the party, any major resignations or kickback or something like that, I think I would wait another 24 hours before I would say we're absolutely there, but we, we are well, well down the path. And what do we know of what might be in uh, what will be published tomorrow at this stage? Mostly it'll be just um, uh, details of the green lanes and red lanes. And the, the big problem for the Democratic Union and for unionism generally is this sense that they feel that the, that the Windsor framework and the Northern Ireland Protocol changed their sense of identity, changed their sense of who they were. And while it is true, Barry, that Northern Ireland has always been, if you like, a place apart, it was always a place apart within the United Kingdom. What unionists think has happened is some somehow they've been pushed, not into United Ireland, they've just been pushed further away from the United Kingdom. So what they would be looking for, it's not so much the economic changes, because most people couldn't tell you the difference from one economic lane and another economic lane. What they'll be looking for is some sort of guarantee or reassurance that the union, that Northern Ireland's position in the United Kingdom is not in jeopardy. You know, they're not saying there'll never be a, a, a demographic majority against them. They just don't want to be in a position where they feel that the journey has already begun. So if that's in the document, if the legislative changes make unionists feel that their position is, is secure, then I think Donaldson is able to move ahead. But if they think that the changes aren't enough in terms of securing the union, I think that's where the problems will be. What of the events of this time last night, just to walk back a step for a moment, Alex, we were told it was a a 60-40 split amongst the delegates in the room. And of course, some of the events of what happened last night were live tweeted by the blogger Jamie Bryson, a rowdy affair, as you're writing tonight as well it was. What will be the impact of last night? And could that ultimately spell trouble ahead for Geoffrey Donaldson, depending on what's published tomorrow? Well, the bizarre thing about last night, because it, it was a, a, it was an embarrassment, but I think the fact that Donaldson stood his ground, you know, they tried to find what was going on, but he, he continued to stand his ground, he continued to set out his case, he continued to make his case. He actually, the, the, the blogger's activity probably brought more people into the story than otherwise would have been. 
And I, I talked to one person who was at it last night and who said to me, do you know something, Alex? There were people who took a measure of Jeffrey last night at that meeting because they knew it was a difficult sell. And he ploughed on, even though he knew that in the room at that time, there was somebody doing everything they could to undermine him and, and undermine the party as well. The, yes, there were some difficulties because there was straight talking, which is what you would expect at an executive meeting of a party, which is making the most important decision it has made since 2007, when Ian Paisley and Martin McGuinness agreed to form government together. But in the long run of that meeting for all the, the, and it was a bit cranky at times and there certainly was a pantomime um, um, side of it with the, with, with the blogger and the, the stuff mm. been live tweeted and so on. But at the end of the day, after five and a half hours there's no one in that room could say after when they came out that they didn't have their chance to ask the leader or to ask their own question. And I think that was crucially important. What of the party's overall vote and looking forward to the, the next elections and what are the main issues facing them if and when they do go back to Stormont? Well, I, I think in terms of when the next election will be, we're looking at the general election, which is probably eight, nine months away. In terms of uh, how the party feels right now, there's a, a major poll being conducted in Northern Ireland in the next few days, which will ask the UP voters to keep a sense of where the party's standing. In terms of what it needs to do when it goes back to the Assembly, and I think this applies to all the parties, we're in our 26th year. It's actually, uh, this is the 25th year of the of the first um, assembly executive being set up because it wasn't set up until 1999. And we've had crisis after crisis. My, again, it's my gut instinct. I've been around this, this track a long, long time. I think what most people want, even with ir- irrespective of their of their constitutional preference, I think what, what most people want is an executive and an assembly and a government that works. They want to know that there's a government making the decisions on health and education. They don't want constantly waiting every four or five years for a crisis and then having to ask the UK Central Exchequer to bail them out again. I, I, I just get this sense that... This may, I don't want to over egg and say it's like it's the last chance saloon, but I, if this goes down, if after all this effort to get it back up and running again, if this goes down again, Barry, I would be very surprised if it ever got up and running again. It won't stop Eunice being Eunice, it won't stop Nassas being Nassas, but there comes a tipping point at which all sides agree. Do you know something? Devolution isn't working. We're just never going to be able to get good governance here. And if that moment is hit, then I think we will have very real problems. And when we, if and when Stormont is back, it will be a big moment for nationalism as well, Alex, of course, with Michelle O'Neill as First Minister, perhaps a nationalist leader of the opposition as well. But you, you touched upon people wanting permanence or stability. But if there was one big issue, perhaps, that I could press you on, that perhaps w- w- the politicians would have to deliver on over the next few weeks and months, what would it be? I think the big issue, the outstanding big issue is health because we have enormous problems. We have uh, doctors' practices across Northern Ireland, which we we have a system where they they can run their own practices. More and more of those practices are basically being handed back to a government to run because there isn't enough financing for for the doctors to do it themselves. Hospitals, I don't know what it's like in the South now, but certainly our accident and emergency departments are bung. The average waiting time for some of those accident emergencies is 19 hours from going in you know, to actually getting seen. And in some cases, if you need a bed, there are people still in the in those departments waiting 24 hours later. And there's no one, Barry, there's no one in Northern Ireland who doesn't know a granny or a daughter or a niece or a mum or an accident victim who hasn't been in the health service and has had to wait and has had a lot of problems. I think if, if the parties could somehow sit down and say, do you know something? To hell with everything else right, right now. The one thing we need to tackle collectively because 
cancer, accident, heartache, mm. heartbreak. None of those are dependent on your 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 the constitutional preferences. I think people, and it's the one thing, health is the one thing that touches all of us. And I think that's the one issue they really, really need to deal with. Commentator and columnist and political commentator Alex Kane speaking to me a little earlier on all those developments. Well, Louise Byrne of the Irish Mirror, what has been the reaction here in Dublin uh, to, to what has happened over the last 24 hours? It's been welcomed warmly, but I think also with a sense of caution because this is the furthest we've ever got in these discussions with Northern Ireland and with the DUP and it feels like it's the closest we've ever been to getting Stormont and the Assembly back up and running. But at the same time, it's not done until it's done. So I think everyone is excited, delighted. I think Sinn Féin have warmly welcomed it. It's obviously a big day for Michelle O'Neill, who looks set later this week to become First Minister. The Taoiseach, he had called Rishi Sunak earlier. They discussed going forward um, what's going to happen. And the Taoiseach and the Thornstaff both said that they will work with the Northern Irish Assembly. They will work with the UK government to see what can be put in place to make sure that things run smoothly once the Assembly and the Executive are back up and running. Is there a sense of surprise at all uh, that it has come at this point? I mean, I think the general feeling is this has been going on for a long time you know you're nearly two years I think it's two years this weekend since Stormont collapsed and this has been a slow drawn out process I think everyone has been treading very carefully I think we had a doorstep with the Thonish and Micheál Martin yesterday and he was very reluctant to say anything because it kind of felt like a situation that you'd been in so many times where you're expecting that something might happen but I think it's mostly relief perhaps surprise in some quarters but I think relief is the overwhelming sense today And amongst the reaction a phone call between the Taoiseach and the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak uh, and mention of this in interstate case that the Irish government is taking at the moment uh, against the, the legacy bill. Uh, what, what what happened there? Yeah, this is kind of a rather interesting kind of turn of events this afternoon. So you had, like I said, the Taoiseach and UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak speaking earlier to discuss what has happened in Northern Ireland over the last 24 hours, if you like. And during that phone call, a UK government spokesperson said afterwards that Prime Minister Sunak mentioned to the Taoiseach that he was very disappointed that Ireland had decided to lodge this interstate case over the legacy Act. This is, of course, legislation that passed um, before the Christmas, um, which would basically give amnesty to some people who were involved in the troubles. The government in Ireland and actually the pol- politicians in the North, it was one thing we talk about division in Northern Ireland. It was actually one thing that the politicians in Northern Ireland were all together on. They were all against this legacy bill. The UK government passed it. The Irish government decided to take a case. The, th- the Rishi Sunak saying to the Taoiseach, he was very disappointed about the timing of it. It was done in a very sensitive time. No word on the Taoiseach statement about that phone call. Or we heard about the phone call, but we didn't hear about that conversation per se. Yes, well, one to watch perhaps tomorrow, Louise. Uh, Mairead Farrell of Sinn Féin. Obviously, the DUP's uh, agreement last night is now paving the way for Michelle O'Neill to become First Minister, a First Nationalist First Minister in the North as well. How big a day is this for your party? Well, I suppose at this moment, like we're obviously optimistic that um, the Assembly will be back up and running, obviously before the um, February 8th uh, deadline. I think that um, Michelle O'Neill throughout her campaign, which was a very positive campaign um, two years ago, uh, was very clear that she wanted to be a First Minister for all. Um, It's a huge day for Michelle O'Neill personally. It's, of course, a huge day um, for uh, nationalists everywhere and, of course, um, uh, for Sinn Féin as well. But uh, Michelle O'Neill has been very clear here um, today, even when she was speaking, that she does want to be that First Minister for all and that she wants to, first of all, look at the whole situation of the complete underfunding um, of the North that has caused huge issues in terms of the health 
um, care service in particular and also we've seen in recent weeks obviously um, so many people from the public sector out um, on strike and that this has been a huge issue. So You reference a First Minister for All and comments from Mary Lou Macdonald are attracting headlines. She saying that the events of the last 24 hours are perhaps a stepping stone to United Ireland. Are those comments wise given that the Assembly still at the moment is not back up and running but they could perhaps inflame things again? Well I think it's there's no secret to anybody that um, Sinn Féin are in favour of a united Ireland and that we um, want to see a united Ireland and indeed I've raised with the Taoiseach and the previous Taoiseach several times that we need to actually start planning for a united Ireland so I don't think that's going to come to be fair um, as a surprise to anybody that um, Mary Lou Macdonald or people indeed of that or now indeed, given the sensitivities of the last 24 I, I don't hours. think people in the North need to be reminded in terms of uh, people's position in, in terms of the constitutional question in the North they're, they're fully aware of the constitutional um, viewpoint both of Sinn Féin of the DUP of the SDLP of the UUP they're, they're p- fully aware of this um, so I think that it is a very positive day at this moment in time and there's no point I suppose changing that trying to change the, the viewpoint but also I think that we want these the MLAs that I know that I work with in Sinn Féin are very clearly they want to go back to work they've been wanting to work for the last two years so let's get the Assembly back up and running Lots of issues on the in-train one issue pinpointed there Nasa Harrigan by Alex Kane was the issue of health uh, and you've some experience of that just visiting Derry yesterday was it? Yeah myself and a few members from the health committee went to Derry to see uh, the the cardiac unit there um, and the cancer care unit there which is co-funded between uh, the NHS and the HSE uh, and we also got to visit University um, of Ulster to look at some of the training courses in medical sciences. I have to say we numerous times were, were, you know, we were looking to see where can we expand, where can we pool resources, where can we maximise services for people so that they can access things like cancer mm. care locally and often the, the discussion is we can expand so far, we can go this far, but a civil servant can't make the decision beyond that. And what we need is political leadership. And on things like health, particularly in kind of disability and mental health, um, that political leadership is really desperately required. And so they, they desperately need the Assembly to, to be working and working well. So how important then are events of the last 24 hours, do you think? I, I would sa- sound a note of caution <laughs> on the detail because we haven't seen it. And uh, we've all learned since 2016 that I think um, perhaps the Tories, sorry, the Conservatives don't always have the best grasp on, on what's possible in terms of the EU and the EU at its borders and what they will accept and, and what's possible within the Windsor framework. So I, I hope that the detail there it can be borne out. And I, and I think Alex Kane was correct insofar as this is about identity and people feeling that they are, have secure and recognised, um, you know, their identity is secure and recognised within whatever agreement is made. Um, and, I, and I hope that's the case when we see that detail. Do you have any fears, uh, Joe Flaherty, that the DUP might falter yet still or that the power sharing executive might not be up and running this weekend? Well, I think at the outset, it's uh, obviously a very good day. And I think we have to acknowledge the role played by Jeffrey Donaldson. You know, it's probably at immense personal and political sacrifice for him to deliver this to the point where we are. So we have to acknowledge that it's been a, a difficult journey for him. He still has and a significant rump against him. So there has. could be so quite it's, you know, significant so it's, difficulties ahead. It, it, it's been very challenging for him and he's, he's, he's taken the brave step. He's gone the hard yards. And I think there's an onus on, on us as parties in, in, in government as 
as and as parties in a, a you know a, an English Irish arrangement that we need to be supportive of it and we need to stand back give it the space but hopefully we w- we will see a return on either Friday or Saturday and post Brexit checks to be removed as part of this deal we're told from Jeffrey Donaldson how important is that for you well listen I've listened very clearly to to Michal Martin tonight uh, you know. Um, the Windsor framework is very important. Um, I don't think we will have any difficulty with some streamlining of of trade checks between uh, uh, Britain and Northern Ireland. And uh, I understand uh, the Taunish has been appraised of commitments and guarantees that were sought by the DUP in recent talks and he's satisfied with those. And if he's satisfied with those, you know, he's a a great reader of these situations and I'm happy happy with that. And I think we can move forward with a degree of certainty to what, what is there won't unravel what a lot of time and investment has gone into. And Mairead Farrell, given these events and given, again, caution from from Nasa Harrick and and Joe Flaherty somewhat, how important is the shared Ireland Ireland initiative at the moment and that that that, that is properly funded and resourced? Well, look, absolutely. But I I think really, to be honest, at at this point, and I've, I've been very clear, like, um, in relation to this, the government actually, what they absolutely need to do is um, look at uh, starting a citizens' assembly in relation to Irish unity. That absolutely needs to happen in order for actual planning to go ahead. What we have seen when it came to Brexit is that a lot of the information um, wasn't out there. But of course, in terms of the shared Ireland, Ireland unit and any type of um, uh, cooper- co- you know, cooperation is obviously extremely important. We're a very small island um, and the doubling up of services and that. But particularly in terms of an economic um, perspective on it, I think... Um, uh, really what we've seen that what partition has really happened is that you know it's stymied economic pro- progress um, particularly obviously in, in, in the north but, but it has, has serious implications so what, what of reform of Stormont obviously the DUP gone for, for two years and then not so long ago Sinn Féin out for, for, for three years or Stormont suspended after Sinn Féin had pulled out is reform for Stormont on the agenda now do you think once if and when all this is settled Look, to be honest, I think at this point, like we are, um, we're, we still haven't had the assembly back up and running. We need to see the assembly um, actually getting back up and running we and heard delivering people, for people. People need permanence, is what Alex Kane said. So, should reform not be top of the agenda? I, well, I think what actually needs to be top of the agenda is the fact that uh, people can't access GP services at this moment in time. The fact that we have public ser- ser- uh, civil servants out pro- uh, striking. We need to be looking at the absolute underfunding of the North, which has been consistently um, happening under this cons- conservative of government who have been um, you know continuously underfunding the North which is simply and utterly not good enough and that what needs to be looked at we need to look at the economics of it but at this point we need to get everybody around the table we need to get all the parties we need to get both governments around the table we need to be getting this back up and running and let's hope it's by the by the weekend. And before we move on, Louise Byrne, what will people be looking out for tomorrow when Chris Heaton-Harris uh, publishes this document, this deal between the British government and the DUP, all eyes on trade? All eyes on trade. And I think Jeffrey Donaldson has indicated throughout the day that perhaps there could be a loosening of trade agreements and, you know, there could be fewer checks, less documentation that has to be done between things going from Northern Ireland to the UK. And that was really the DUP's biggest issue and that was the kind of the thing that they said well this is really separating us from the rest of the UK and of course as unionists that is their identity and that is what has held us up the whole time so I think we'll be waiting to see what is actually said by Rishi Sunak and Chris Eaton Harris and the Tories on trade but I also think like Nasa said you know we'll be, we'll be waiting to see what exactly is in the detail of that and 
fingers crossed that it's what the GUP think it is and we don't find ourselves in another situation where we're back to negotiation and then back to kind of doubt being cast over this. Well, let's see what happens. Manny, a slip between cup and lip, as they say.